Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. So, are we uh, are we preparing for World War Three? I don't know. Have you been watching Tim Kennedy's uh, posts or what? Well, I I see that the U.S. now is selling Australia Tomahawk missiles to counter China in the Pacific. That <laughs> that slightly seems like a problem. I I don't know. I'm on the camp that says there was a delay here to allow Russia to rebuild. So Russia and China have a little alliance going on. So I'm... I don't know. I mean, it's kind of scary to casually say that. Well, it's probably going to be World War Three, but I mean, I don't think people don't understand. Like, this is not like oh, haha, joke. Like, we've never. Most of the people that are, I guess, alive today, or at least alive and and young enough to, to have these conversations, yeah, they have no idea what it even feels like to have anything happen in the United States because the last thing that happened in the United States was really D Day. Yeah. And so we're like, we've been so detached from what that, the reality of that looks like. 
and even Ukraine, right? There's a ton of live feeds and you can see all this stuff. But if you're not looking for it, it's not stuff you're seeing every day. Yeah, it's not on TikTok. So, no, I don't know. It, it might have to get to that point where this is where you reset the uh, the U.S. society. I don't know. I mean, you know, people may have to go through something like this to wake up and stop, you know, trying to figure out what sex they are and and what other juicy thing they want to pass on to our kids. Oh, my God. That's so scary to say that there needs to be some sort of a fucking armed conflict that's going to... Well, didn't we say, I mean, there's there's going to have to be something major that happens to change minds, right? Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. I did did just, uh, I watched this long form, it wasn't a documentary because it was only about 25 or 30 minutes, but it was close to a documentary about this book that the scientist wrote in the 1960s and the CIA pulled the book and classified it. Um, the book was called The Real Adam and Eve Story or something like something to that effect. Hmm. And what it was talking about was this scientist started going back and a lot of the stuff, if you guys listen to Rogan, a lot of the Randall Carlson and Graham Hancock stuff with the fingerprints of the gods and a lot of that stuff kind of comes into this. But this was written in the 60s. So he originally saw a lot of this stuff. And what he's saying is that there is perfect evidence to say that some cataclysmic event um, seems to happen about every six to 10,000 years. And mm-hmm. what his specific, what his, uh, his estimation is, is that, so inside the earth is there is a center of the earth's core, which is like a molten rock and, and metal, right? It's like a hot molten metal mm-hmm. ball. And that hot molten metal ball right now is spinning. Um, due to the magnetism of the poles and the way that our planet, and that's what makes our planet spin. So his speculation is, and he he's scientific enough that it made sense to me, but then also like maybe somebody that understands how this worked, maybe this is bullshit, but it was enough that it, that the CIA fucking pulled it and classified it. And then even when they released it like 10 years ago, they only released the dumbed down version of it. But what he's saying is that the poles shift in like not like not like a hundred years but in like a day the poles will shift 20 to 40 degrees and when the poles make this big shift what happens is the molten part of the center of the earth that's spinning stops because of the pole shift well the atmosphere is still spinning at at the equator a thousand miles per hour Can you imagine if you were spinning a cup of water at a thousand miles an hour and then you just stopped, what would happen to the water in that cup? So the oceans are keep, they keep spinning and everything basically resets and the oceans take on the land. The land becomes a, almost like a, almost like a, a a slick piece of, of, of earth that slides on this, um, molten metal versus yeah. all being one piece right now. And this would explain his, his explanation is this would explain Pangea and the different and the separation of the continents. No, the and this would explain plates. the large landmass that should be between America and Asia. Mm-hmm. There's a large landmass that would be mirror. What is what it was called that should be out in the middle of the Pacific ocean, but is under the ocean now. But the, the peaks of that are still the islands that are in the Pacific ocean. And this would explain why there are 
um, mineral formations that only happen underwater on the top of Mount Everest and all this, all this different wild stuff. I mean, Montana had was used to be an ocean. So it's all these different crazy, this may be speculative, but it explains, it's a theory that explains a lot of what we have no idea, right? All the different, all the different, uh, um, flood myths throughout all that, right? Every, every religion has their, has their Noah's Ark flood myth and, you know, it's Gilgamesh, it's all these different flood myths, but they all are, you know, 6,000 to 10,000 years ago is when these kind of myths came up and that would explain it, right? If you think about two mile high oceans of water that are coming over every landmass, that's a big, nasty, epic flood. And if you don't understand why that's happening, you would not believe that that wasn't a god. Yeah. So. So we're basically. So does so the, that mean that, you know, you believe that the Bible does say that the, when Noah's Ark, that story was the rains came down, but the floods, the waters came from the earth. So I think a lot of people think that uh, Noah's Ark was the, oh, it just rained. And all of a sudden it just so much rain filled the earth but no the waters came up from the ground there so. you go who knows that would be an explanation and we're due so what, what are you saying so is that i'm saying we're due we're due for either a big flood or we're due for world war three or yeah world war three during a big flood i mean no so what i'm <laughs> what i'm saying what, what what my speculation is you were talking about things that would need to reset the yeah. american population that would reset the world population yeah and it's estimated that we've had many advanced civilizations that came to not quite as advanced as we are, but advanced in a different way. And then we're completely wiped out. So does that mean we got to go out and uh, invest in a Navy destroyer? Or what? I mean, I don't know. Does that work? That would work, right? It's if you had heavy. a two mile, is it, it's going to, it's going to float. <laughs> is it just going to roll over? I don't know. How does that work? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hard to roll it over. I mean, those things endure quite a bit. Yeah, but not two it's mile like high floating city, not two mile high. You'd need one that, you, just a submarine. Wouldn't that make more sense? Well, a submarine, I suppose, makes more sense. How the hell can it be like, what's that movie where the, the dude, like, lives in a submarine? I don't know, but do you think, wait, wait, you, oh, the, the comical one with Bill Murray? Is it? He's I think got there's the a real one, hat. and then there's, like, some Disney uh, movie yeah, where yeah. they, like, yeah. travel around. I don't know if it's Atlantis or something. Well, I mean, do you think that that would look kind of odd if we just had a... Uh, the freaking submarine. Submarine in the, the backyard. backyard. They're like, what are you going to do with this? I'm like, don't worry about it. They know his ark, right? He started building an ark in his backyard. And yeah. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. So, I man, I don't know. If, if I knew how to build a submarine, I probably would do that. Submerse it in the backyard and then it becomes your uh, bunker slash. <laughs> yeah, because you don't even have to. Yeah, <laughs> you, just, you just have to have it so that you can jump in quick before the waters come. And then, because you don't have to get it to the water, because the so, water is going to be everywhere. Yeah, you just got to figure out how long you need to survive and how you. Ooh, that bitch would have to be tough. Water though. source, yeah. That bitch would have to be tough. Can you imagine the amount of stuff that's going to be in that two mile high? Yeah. Wave that's coming through the United States. I mean, every single everything's going to going to crumble. Yeah. I don't even know. Would you even be able to get to it at that time if the Earth stops? And the winds are, are still moving at a thousand miles per hour. It's in your backyard, I'd hope so. I hope so. But what does a thousand mile an hour wind feel like? 
Well, up by us, it would be like 600. The 1,000 miles an hour is at the equator. So at this point, you need to bury the freaking sub, and you got to have a tunnel route to get to it. I guess. <laughs> a concrete tunnel route. Then how do you get it out? Because you're just going to be buried in more shit. You think so? Yeah. Or the water's coming up. I think, gonna... when the water, I think when the water is going to bring, so, because of where we're at in the center of the United States, yeah. the water is going to pick up everything on the way here, and then it's going to disperse and leave, you know, Hundreds of feet of just muck. So basically, now you have to have an elevated tower oh, with this, God, this seems, submarine. That's like this seems so ridiculous. Thirty I think maybe feet up we in just, the air. Yeah, mount the submarine on top of the house. Maybe just a kite. That'd be a pretty epic kite ride. Yeah, at a thousand miles per hour wind or six hundred mile per hour wind, that'd be a pretty epic kite ride. No, yeah, you'd be. You couldn't even get on Air Force One and be okay. So no. I don't know. That's a tough one. But anyway, so that was that was my that was my thing with you were saying that you know we need something to reset the American society. Fuck, dude, we might have something coming that's going to reset the world society. Oh, realistically, let's look at you know World War Three. It's I don't know. I, I I was at a point this week where I was in a conversation yesterday where I'm like, man, I got so fed up with people this this past week, and some of it is just from traveling. And everybody goes to airports to uh, people to watch, right? It's the best place to do it. But, man, I'd, I had a survival mind going on maybe from the weekend. And I was just like, man, if something would happen, 99% of these people in here are fucking dead. They're just not prepared for anything. Situational awareness. They're staring at their electronic block in their pocket. Um, out of shape. Don't care. Don't care what's around them. I mean, it's just, you know, who, what's going to happen if something really did, if World so, War Three did happen? This is a pretty shitty attitude to have, but we have loved ones, right? We yeah. Do, we do. We have loved ones that we would hate to see. Um, we would hate to see hurt. We would hate to see go through negative stuff like this. But in all reality... Real, like, real existential reality. What would we lose by the bottom 20% of society just? 20% is just barely a skim. All I right, mean, 30%. That's a skim, too. I would say we're at I mean, we're going to lose a lot. Of, we're going to lose a lot, of, a lot of cheap labor, right? I don't know. But some it's some doing of these a lot of cheap shit labor, labor folks, I mean, I think they would survive. God, some of these, uh, you know, some, some of these Mexicans, man. Oh, yeah, no, no, I ask. don't mean that. I, I guess I mean cheap hourly employees. I don't mean cheap labor like laborers. I'm talking like the gas station and mall employees that, you know, can't figure out who they are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they can't give, toast. You, can't give you change. Yeah, use definitely Use toast. a $20 bill and they can't count out the change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you, you know the Yup guy? On Instagram, where he goes around and asks people all these just super easy questions, and oh. when they answer completely wrong, he just says, "Yep." Yeah, I think yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he how many pennies are in a dollar? Uh, I don't know. How many moons does the Earth have? Like thirty. Yep. <laughs> you know, like that's what I'm talking about. Those people, like yeah. those people that answer those questions. Yeah, they're toast. And then it's uh, it's, it's hard for me to be empathetic, even if it's loved ones that, you know, don't take care of themselves. It's like, I don't know, you kind of made the bed that you're sleeping in. So how am I supposed to help you? You know, if shit goes down, are we responsible to try to help every single person who hasn't helped themselves at all? 
I don't know. That's that's tough. I mean, that's where that's where your circle comes in, right? Like if if they're your sister, right? Then you're probably gonna you're probably gonna try to help her, even if she hasn't helped herself. Um, your kid, right? But if it's your fucking third cousin, I saw a video the other day. It said uh, this guy and and apparently this is a true story. Guy in Britain won the lottery, right? So he didn't tell a single soul, and he called. He wrote down a list of everyone that's within you know three people in his family, so all the way up to third cousins. And he called them all and he was like, hey, I'm in a really bad spot. Can I borrow $10,000? And they all said no, right? And then two days later, he's like, hey, I won the lottery. But he already pre-primed them because they said no. So there's no way they're going to have the balls to come ask him for money. So it was like the greatest plan ever to make sure that all your family does not come at you and ask for money. Because he primed them by asking them. And if they said no, they're not going to turn around and come ask him for money. Oh, (laughs) that's pretty clever. But like that's 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 the type of thing, right? Like, the further that you get away to, out of your circle, the less I'm gonna, you know, less I'm gonna help, man. I'd like to say that I would be like, I would like to say I would be a super, you know, super nice post post apocalyptic human being. But I can be real honest with you. You know, and you ever watch Walking Dead? No, but I know about the show. I've right, right. So like everyone gets kind of the benefit of the doubt. You know, you're going to try to meet, you're going to try to meet other, other living human beings and, and hopefully they're good people. I can't say that, that I would be wanting to meet any other good human beings to test them out because I think that there's a pretty good chance that they're going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Is it, is that that zombie show? Yeah. Okay. I remember I watched the first few seasons, but it just, that always hit me like, you know, oh, there's these other group of, of surviving humans and you're going to like walk up to them and try to talk to them. I don't know about that. They're still alive. Are they alone? What are the means that they're alive by? Because they pull the trigger first and ask questions later. Oh yeah. No, that, that's what I was thinking too, is in a survival situation, you know, some people when the, when the pressure's on, they're going to save their own ass and it's, you know, same thing in military training. It's uh, you find the people that are the honor men that are just too busy propping themselves up at everybody else's expense or, the guys that can work on the team as a team to survive together, you know, they're watching out for each other. And yeah, when the shit goes down, guess what? A lot of people that are close family, you're going to find out that they're, you know, save their own ass first. So are you willing to basically put your life on the line for that? I I don't know. I mean, there's, there's some people that I know, I think in my head right now, that's like, it's, it's just to me that, if they don't put any effort to take care of themselves so that any type of shit happens, whether it's a World War III, whether it's just little bits of trauma, or whether it's their health, you know, that's that's the worst thing. It's, you know, how do you keep trying to help people to be or tell people, hey, you know, try to be healthy 80% of the time. And all of a sudden, years later, they get a, they get cancer. They get, you know some other disease or they get diabetes, you know, how it's very hard for me to be empathetic. That's probably mean. I, I don't know, but it's very hard because it's like, okay, what did I tell you for years? And you just wouldn't do it. And now what do you want me to do? So it's kind of like the, uh, the white knuckling the rosary thing, right? <clears throat> Somebody's abusing their body for years and years and years and years. And then all of a sudden they finally get sick and all, all of a sudden they want you to pray them out of it. It's like, Sorry, what do you want me to do? Yeah, I don't know. Is that cruel? I mean, that's that's where I'm at. So I'm not going to tell you you're cruel because I'm, 
that's how I feel. I mean, I had this conversation the other day about my parents because my parents are overweight and out of shape. My dad works every day, so he's fine. I mean, he's 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 dead. Oh, he's big. Oh, he's big. He's he's probably almost three hundred pounds, but he's six four. He's got a lot of muscle on him. But yeah, he's. I mean, he's to the point that he you know dies in his sleep twenty five times a night when he sleeps and won't won't go get it fixed. No. And then my and then my mom is you know my stepmom's got some weight issues and. My wife's like, I just wish that they would get healthy. I was like, yeah, you can wish for it. But it's like, fuck, what What are we going to do? You know? Yeah. If they if they don't want it, then there's nothing I can do. I was like, I guess just let them enjoy their life. And if they die 10 years before they would have, then what's what's the difference in 10 years? You know? It's not like you're going to... It's not like you can live forever. Yeah. Well, you can change the quality of life, but you can't change it unless they want to change it. Exactly. So, um, but it comes down to when shit hits the fan. What do you do, you know? Yeah. It's hard to drag, you know, a 250-pound ass around and, you know, compromise your situation, too. Yeah. Get everybody killed. Yeah. So, so hey, this... we got to take a Rogan uh, piss break because I think I drank too much liquid this You morning. motherfucker. <laughs> you motherfucker. All right. I'm going to pause. Ooh. All right. We made it back. We made it back. About 20 pounds lighter. Right? Thank goodness. So, we went to the mall the other day. Man, malls are shit now. Oh, and didn't you go yesterday? Yeah. God, I don't even like fucking going. Really? You no. went to a nice one, though. What? You went to a nice one, though. No. Brookfield's trash. Are you serious? It's absolute trash. Three quarters of the mall is empty. Really? Yes. Wow, that used to be like the... I mean, Brookfield's a wealthy area in Wisconsin. So... Yeah, so we ended up having to go to Mayfair. Oh, that's gotten big. Yeah, Mayfair's big. So Mayfair's big. Mayfair's full. Brookfield is it's three quarters empty. There's nothing there. So I started thinking like this is happening everywhere, right? So I'm starting to think like what are we going to do with these mall properties? Because everybody buys shit online. Nobody wants to go buy anything in the fucking store. So you're going to have mall properties that are empty, just yeah. ghost towns. And then I started thinking, and and I got this idea. And you guys feel free to take it if you have any any ability to actually make this happen. Because I'll never fucking make it happen. What if somebody combined the whole Main Street USA idea from like Disney, right? And put that in a mall. Because anywhere where you have temperate climate, or you have non-temperate climates, right, in Wisconsin, like, we have, no, there's nothing to do outdoors unless you're going to get bundled up and freeze your fucking dick off. So what if you took a mall and you made it, like, downtown USA? And you had, you know, little food carts, and you had entertainment, and you had a fish market and you had a bakery and you had all this shit and you're going to have to give these people free, basically free leases until you build up the, the customer base. Yeah. But once you build up the customer base, then you have, you know, you have a captive audience all winter and rainy days and all this shit, you know? So you yeah. make it, you make the inside of the mall like outside downtown USA, put in some grassy areas, put in, you know, uh, some like sort of street. What? Kind of like in Madison, like State Street. Yeah, like State Street, how State Street used to be. Yeah. You know? And you don't have Mm. as much trash because you're going to close the doors. You know, you close the doors at 9 or 10 or whatever time you're going to close the doors. You're going to close the doors. So everybody has to leave. It's not like you're going to have, you know, bums and trash and shit. And you you focus on things that that bring people in. You know, you're going to have to have a ton of different draws. And... You know, maybe you partner with with Warner Brothers and you have animated fucking characters that are walking around, whatever, you know, just some idea Mm. to to build to to basically bring back what these mall properties have lost, because now all you have is trash. Yeah. And a lot of trouble that hangs out there, too. So, yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, it's a good idea. It's a lot of uh, coordination. It's a concept, right? Like, it's mean... you. It, it's not just a fucking, you know, it's not just a, a game plan, but it's a concept that somebody could do something with. And, you know, there's there's the, what is that, Fourth Ward or Fifth Ward or whatever down in Milwaukee? Oh, Third Ward, yeah. Third Ward. You know, they've got that kind of indoor shopping area where you go in and there's a restaurant and a market and a, and a store and all this different. And that's like, you know, it's hip. It's it's up. It's it's cool. People go there and they get go there and hang out at the coffee shop, right? You can have like have it so there's tables out in the out in the the mall area just like you would have downtown, you know, in a in a main street. So your little cafe, you can have outdoor cafe tables and yeah. I think the mall would have to reach out to the um uh, what do you call that? The city um oh, Chamber of Commerce. Oh yeah. To be able to say, "Hey, you know, we we're, we're going to do a rollout we're plan is for, you know, March of blah, blah, blah. Actually, probably fall right before, you know, cold yep. season. Then you get seven or eight, you know, different entities to commit to it because you got to have a – if you're just going to have a single rollout, it's not going to work. No, no. It would have to be a big, you know, it would big uh, news media. You, you know, you're going to have to have – everybody's going to have to hear about it, and it's going to have to be the coolest thing. And that's – so – People are really people don't understand that how how much followers human beings are, right? Yeah. Simple things like have you noticed in our town where they're putting all of the businesses where the parking is in the back of the business and the business faces faces the main street? Oh yeah. That's yeah. detrimental to businesses. Detrimental. Because you have no idea if that place is busy or empty. You have no idea if there's anybody there, and your brain does not contribute that to, oh, I should go check that place out. I know that I've, I've I'm trying to remember what book this is from because I was telling somebody about this the other day and I cannot remember what book it was from. But this family did a study. They opened a, they opened a brand new store in a strip mall and it was a restaurant, I think. And they wanted parking for all of their customers, right? So everybody had to park around back. All the people that worked in there had to park around back. And it was a really slow rollout. It was slow coming in. And the, and the dad had this idea. He's like, well, maybe people don't think that this is, a good enough place to come because there's nobody here. So he, he had everybody park right up front. So it looked like the place was packed all of a sudden overnight, the place started getting busier and busier and busier and busier. And that's what our brains do. Our brains see, look at that full ass parking lot. I should go check that out. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of these uh, stores like you're saying that's popping up, but it's really the um, architect of this 15 minute, uh, you know, 15 minute cities. Yeah. But it scares me because that's the concept that they already have done in Asia, and that's was the precursor for the social credit living system. So, um, we've talked about that before. Yeah. So that you know, people don't have to travel; they're more confined. They're all in these rentals. They don't really own any property. If you had a, so here's here's my argument. For that, here's my argument for communism. Here's my argument for all this shit, right? If you had some sort of external ability to regulate that that was not human, I feel like all those things would be positive. If you were if you were becoming part of those cities because it's so beneficial, not because you had to become part of that city, yeah. then that's a totally different than being forced into that situation, right? So if we had fucking here we bring it back again if we had the ai if we had the ai that could implement these things 
and make it so that you wanted to be part of it and it wasn't human error. And this is this can get right into our podcast today because it doesn't matter where you get in government and what government you're talking about, whether you're talking about democracy or socialism, capitalism, it doesn't matter. These are literally just groups of people that agree on how things should operate. But the problem is, is just there's a there's a large portion of our population and and they used to be they used to be liberals. They used to be classically liberals, but now they are becoming Republicans. And it's it's so weird how this how this ebbs and flows throughout the political population. But we see especially on the libertarian side, we see that for the system to work, you have to do what's best for the all, not what's best for the me. Right? Yeah. And that used to be where where the 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 liberals and the democrats were. And then they slowly they slowly grew this mentality of the do as I say not as I do and they became idealistic and thought this will this will work for everyone else but me. And but the problem there is when you have half of our government being ran by people and probably more than half because there's a lot of there's a lot of people on the right that that operate like this too. Yeah. But when you have a lot of people who the me I'm going to worry about and the everyone else I'm just going to regulate then all of a sudden you have all of these things that we're going to talk about today. What I started with today, and this is going to this is going to kind of evolve into you having common sense and not believing everything you're told. And how we started with this idea is um, my my neighbor has had substance abuse problems for 10 or 15 years and she passed away last week. Um we don't know what the cause was, but we do know that within six hours of her dad finding her passed away, he talked to her and she seemed healthy and, and okay. And then he found her. Now that says to us likely some sort of an, a, a drug problem, some sort of an overdose, some sort of a, took something that she thought was something else and, and ended up with fentanyl in her system that killed her. Now the coroner um, called her family and said that she had COVID and pneumonia and died of COVID um, complications. To me, that seems pretty unlikely. I don't want to speculate that that was wrong, but it just seems extremely unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, because her, her dad just talked to her within the last six hours and she didn't seem like she was in bad shape. I would think that if you were, if you had pneumonia so bad that your oxygen levels were low enough that you could die, you would not you seem in hospital. okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but toxicology takes six months. So this will be ruled a COVID death for six months before anything comes back from toxicology. And we know if, if it really was or not. So why? Why do we automatically rule a COVID death? And I text you and I told you about mm-hmm. it. And you're like, well, it's crazy, right? Why would, you know, why would you do that? And then one of our other friends said the hospital gets more money for COVID deaths. But that's not accurate. The hospital gets money for putting somebody on a ventilator. That right. has nothing to do with 
ruling a death when you pick someone up in their house, yeah. right? The hospital's not getting any money for that. So I started thinking about this and I started wondering, well, then it brought me back to this Fauci book and the AIDS pandemic. And we're going to do a full podcast on that book. It's going to take me a little bit longer to work up all the notes on that because it's a, it is a massive book of information that I, it, it's taking me a while to even get through. But one of the big play cards during the you know 80s and 90s during the AIDS pandemic was anyone that died of something that had HIV, they called it dying of AIDS. If you, if you killed yourself, if it was suicide, but your blood came back HIV positive, they said that you died of AIDS. Now, why would they do that? Well, if they do that, then the number of deaths gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And when a large portion of your population is dying from a specific thing, right? A specific curable thing, then the budget that you get to fix that thing gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So you're not killing people, right? You're literally just changing what it says on the death certificate to maybe look like something else. But they, they, had, they had HIV. So they were speculating that if they had HIV, then they died of AIDS. They're not yeah. necessarily, and this is, where, this is where the black and the white has to go away. And we have to look at a lot of middle gray areas. And people in our government, and this is why I got, this is why I started out with that. I realize this is kind of hard to follow here. This is why I started with that is these people in our government are just human beings. And these are infallible human beings. And some of them are complete sociopaths. And if you were a complete sociopath and thought that you could fix a problem by lying to the American people, getting more money, and then investing that money into pharmaceutical companies so that they could create cures, but not really cures, treatments, right? Would you lie to the American people? I'd like to say I wouldn't. But there's a lot of people that do. And I think that that is where we're at with the deeming of deaths to be something else. I think that is where we're at with a lot of the things on my list here of conspiracy theories that were eventually proven true. Some of them are just, some of them are, some of them are selfish, right? So the first one we can talk about is the Watergate scandal. So if you guys don't, if you guys weren't aware or weren't alive during the Watergate scandal, a group of a group of burglary burglars that were tied to the Nixon White House broke into the Democratic um, what is it the Democratic DNC yeah the DNC media. headquarters so they broke into the DNC headquarters and they were they were caught they were busted and originally everything was these were these were just burglaries they, were, they had nothing to do with the white house but there was this there was this conspiracy theory that this was all based around the nixon white house well then eventually it comes out that these were criminally connected to the nixon white house and with the 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 tapes that were recorded in the oval office where they were talking about this they busted they busted the president of our country Helping, you know, at least being party 
to the idea to break into the national, the Democratic National Committee headquarters and steal information so that he could win the next election. Right? That one's completely selfish. But then we have another one. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna go a little bit further down. I'm gonna skip past the Iran Contra affair first, and I am going to go to MK Ultra. So, if you guys haven't heard of MK Ultra, I really suggest the Charles Manson book that just recently came out. Um, the book is Chaos by Tom O'Neill, and that book. It talks about Charles Manson and talks about a lot of the stuff that was behind Charles Manson, but what it really does is it talks about this MK Ultra program. So what MK Ultra was a covert program ran between the 50s and the 70s by the Central Intelligence Agency, and they had these kind of stash houses throughout like Hates Ashbury and San Francisco and a lot of very prevalent um I would call it drug centers, but kind of thought centers throughout the United States. These very, these very, um, I guess what's, what's the word for that? Somebody that's, that's very open thinking, very free thinking, whatever these, these very, these very, um, (laughs) elevated free thinking areas where they didn't necessarily, they didn't necessarily buy into the, the, the old American line, right? And they had these these centers, and they were they were houses that just looked like they just looked like party houses. And that and and if you ended up getting getting pulled into these groups, you kind of just thought that you were part of this this kind of drug hippie commune. But what these actually were is these were CIA backed scientists that were using drugs like LSD to try to create mind control, and they were using. LSD induced torture and a lot of these other just wild ideas and the idea behind the chaos book is that Charles Manson learned from these CIA scientists and these CIA operatives how to create mind control through drug induced I guess systems and that's how he created the his following that ended up killing you know, what was it, seven or ten people yeah. in this house? And MK Ultra, I mean, this was something that was so under the radar that no nobody knew about it. But there was these there were these these speculations, and then Congress eventually started having hearings and real investigative journalists, which we barely have anymore, looked into this and they started talking to people on the ground. And eventually it came out that this was all CIA programming. Now, this is what I wanted to get to when I started thinking about these are things that our government does that they think they're helping, but really they're damaging thousands of people and they are eroding trust. In the American government, they're eroding trust yeah. in elect- elected officials, and the 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 Democrats and the liberals used to be the people that didn't trust big government. They didn't trust people like Anthony Fauci, not Anthony Fauci specifically, but people in charge. They always had a very healthy skepticism, and somehow from mid nineties, late nineties to COVID. 
they completely switch to the other side where if you're in the government and you say something as long as you're as long as you're not Donald Trump they completely believe it and they buy into it foot hook line and sinker yeah i know a lot of people like that and i just i don't i don't understand how that swap happened but the reason that i wanted to do this podcast is to really talk about all these different all these different things that we know have come true because i want everyone I want everyone to to believe in America, but I want everyone to have a very healthy skepticism about government, period. Because the reason that our forefathers wrote the Declaration of Independence is because they had a healthy skepticism about government. And they wrote that document, and they wrote the Bill of Rights, and they wrote our Constitution. Yeah, not not the first one. The Bill of Rights and the Constitution. To keep government at bay so that it can't become so powerful that it can just rule the people with an iron fist. Yeah. I think people have to understand that, um, government is, is very opportunistic. I mean, being part of that, you know, community for a while, it's, if you look at the turning points in history, there's two specific stages that, that I see, and this is coming from, you know, a community where the CIA used to be, you know, guys that had high IQs plus the ability to wield a gun, basically. And now it's turned into the complaint is everything is the programmed kids coming out of the farms. So you have now a more indoctrinated unit than you do actually an experienced unit that operates. So the the biggest change that I've noticed is it was always there, but you have to understand that every time a big crisis happens, the government has become very opportunistic, and they've always been that way. Yep. So, but this goes all the way back to 9-11. I mean, 9-11 basically conceived surveillance, lots of surveillance, you know, not just TSA. And then... This whole pandemic was an opportunity that brought about compliance. And you saw how that worked and how quickly that worked. So the government gets a little taste of compliance. What's going to happen? It's not like they're going to stop. Now they know, hey, we got a foothold here. You know, how much more control can we take? And opportunistic is what we need to really focus on in that in that statement that you just said because there's so many people out there that look at covid or they look at 911 and they're like yeah they did that because they wanted they wanted that outcome and take your tinfoil hat off for a second and realize that it's a lot more likely that they saw the opportunity in the trauma they saw the opportunity in the in the the time and took that opportunity than it is that they blew up those towers themselves. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the whole story, but I'm always going to chalk it up opportunistic. And, and even the Congress folks, you know, remember when Pelosi said, you know, well, you always got to take advantage of, you know, a good crisis. Ha ha. Yeah. She's serious. That there, That's a, that's a quote. And I don't remember who said it. We had to look it up. It's, Slightly contributed to or attributed to Winston Churchill 
Um, but the, the idea is never let a good crisis go to waste. And that's what we're kind of, that's what we're talking about here. It doesn't matter whether it's the 2008 financial crisis, whether it's COVID, whether it's um, a war, it doesn't matter what it is. They're, they're going to use any sort of, um, if, you, if you think about it as you have a bunch of very well-organized marbles, right? And, that's, and if, you, if you look at our country as a bunch of very well-organized marbles and the marbles are, are in their, their space, well, if you fucking smash that table with your hand, all of a sudden the marbles are everywhere. And that's when they're going to go in and try to pass legislation. That's when they're going to go to go in and try to take liberties from the people. And that's when they're going to go in and try to, and they don't take liberties from us to take liberties from us. They take liberties from us because they think that big daddy knows better. They think that, you know, from, from George Orwell, big brother, they think that big brother knows what's best for you. But the problem is, is big brother is just a bunch of fucked up human beings. And you end up with people like Anthony Fauci that, literally spend all of the money that the United States government spends on medical research and he gets to decide where to put it. So instead of looking at where, what the causation of something like an autoimmunity is or what the causation of something like, you know, obesity, heart disease, stuff like that, that, that kills more people in the United States than anything else. He looks at things that, that he can in turn profit from. So I don't know if anybody knows, but the way that the way that scientific research works in our country is the national government funds scientific grants for scientists to study and create a drug. And then once a drug is created to treat a symptom from a problem, not actually cure a fucking problem, but treat a symptom from a problem, then a independent pharmaceutical company gets to license that drug, even though we spent, all the money to develop it. And then they get to make hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars off of that drug that we spent. We are American fucking taxpayer dollars spent to develop. Yeah. And we've created more disease. They've created more cures. Yeah. And and that, and that's, so that's where my, they're not cures. That's where my problem, that's where my problem with our current, with our current people in charge is we don't look at the causation. We look at curing symptoms or treating symptoms, but there's no money if they, I agree. But I also think, I also think how many people, how many people have you that have talked to you about losing weight and getting healthier? And you can tell them exactly what to do and they still don't do it. Right. So even if, if they spent hundreds of millions of dollars on telling us exactly what to do, how many people would actually do it? So that's where my disconnect is. Maybe the only way to actually handle it is to treat the symptoms because know. they can tell people, this is what's making you fat. So what, what if the FDA decided to, wow, actually push out the corrected uh, food pyramid? What would happen? Would people follow it? I don't it's think the FDA, so. Right? I don't think so. And because the, it doesn't. It doesn't say. Of it. it doesn't say drink soda and eat fucking potato chips. Even the old one. Even the old one, yeah. It says eat a lot of freaking bread. It says. It says <laughs> starchy starches and carbohydrates. Yeah. Right. If you just ate wheat bread and didn't eat fucking candy bars and ice cream and potato chips and Doritos and yeah, you probably you might not have near the problem that you have. Oh. Fuck, man, Doritos. Oh, 
I, 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 I just did like a, you know, because I'm doing this uh, master's thing. Yeah. They did a scientific breakdown of Doritos, and it is totally sideways, man. You should read the book, Dor- The Dorito Effect. Oh, you should read. So it was a book called Dorito. Yeah, Effect. it's called the Dorito Effect, and what the idea is is that our our body is extremely intelligent, and it knows what it needs for nutrients, and it will make you keep consuming more food that it thinks can it can get the nutrients from. So when they put when they add flavor to any item, that tricks our body into thinking that there is going to be nutrients along with flavor. Because throughout a hundred thousand years of evolution, the more flavor, the more nutrients. So if you had a more flavorful berry, that flavor came from flavonoids, which then had more nutrients in that berry. So the more flavor that we think, our body thinks it should get more nutrients. So we're basically fooling our body by giving it this big flavorful foods with nothing in them for nutrition. Yeah. And then we're and then we're craving more of them because it's like, well, we didn't hardly get any nutrition from that. Get more. Get more of that. Yeah. Get more of that. Well, this is a little different. I mean, we did a chemical outlay of the just the Dorito, and even from the corn that isn't even good corn, all the way down to yellow number five, it is like a disease. It's poison, literally. And this is crap that they you know won't sell overseas. So what is that telling you? You should do the same thing with a Quest chip. And a so tell me, chip? tell me that they're not Ooh. good, so that I quit eating them. Oh, you like those? I, I had a chili lime one the other day. It was delicious. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna have the uh, the group do a, um, a break. So I want to get into you know we're already 46 minutes in, and I want to talk about more of these conspiracy theories because a lot of these people have never heard of before, like the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. So in Tuskegee, Alabama, between 1932 and 1972, 600 African American men were studied, 400 of which had syphilis, and 200 of which did not have syphilis. Well. The problem is, is if you guys don't understand what syphilis does to your body, basically it makes you it makes you crazy. It it it, it dissolves your brain to a point that you fall into psychosis. Well, they were they were studying all this different stuff, and they basically all they were doing is watching these these men who had this degenerative disease, so that they could study the the disease, and they were not treating them with the treatment because they wanted to see without treatment what this disease ended up doing how how did it progress how did it well and this was a this was a this was a conspiracy amongst the african american community for years and years and years and then finally in 1972 it was proven true when an associated press investigated and uncovered the experiments and brought them to public attention this would be like if you had you know COVID, I guess, but let's say something way worse than COVID because it'll actually degenerate and kill you. Let's say you had a sepsis infection and you joined a study to get treatment for the sepsis infection, but instead of actually treating anyone in the study, they just watched what the sepsis infection did and how it dissolved your blood and how the blood ended up attacking itself and how your immune system ended up killing you. That's what this was like. And this is the American government. Um, Operation Northwoods? No, no, let's go. Let's Operation Northwoods is good, but we don't have that much time. What's the Gulf of Tonkin? Do you remember the Gulf of Tonkin story? Uh, very vaguely, no. So, in August of 1964, North Vietnam attacked the USS Maddox, which ended up causing us to get 
much deeper and more invested into the Vietnamese war. Right? Mm -hmm. They attacked our ship. Um, turns out that was a false flag. There's no evidence that they attacked our ship. The United States government lied to Congress. You know, the people, this is the problem. I can't say the government because Congress is government. The, the joint chiefs of staff lied to Congress and said that this happened. They blew up, um, certain things to say that we were being basically being attacked so that we could then escalate the war escalate our spending, escalate our, our, our actions against North Vietnam. That's real. That's a real false flag that happened in the United States. People ended up getting prosecuted and sent to jail for this. Yeah. So when you, when you think, Oh, it's the government, they know what's best. They're, they're doing what's best. They're telling us what's best. I just, I really want everyone to understand that these, all these things, none of these were, were newer than like the 1980s. So what do you think has happened since the 1980s that is not come out yet? What's one that we can think of? What's one that, what's one that we can think of from the COVID thing? The lab leak. Oh, we're going to get shut down or not? We might. What's one that we, right? The lab leak. The lab leak was a big one. The lab leak was, was. Basically, if you said that it was a lab leak, you were pulled from national television. Yeah. There are scientists that are extremely well-documented, extremely intelligent scientists that said, hey, I think this could have come from a lab. They were completely shut off national television. Their funding was pulled by the NIH. And now it's almost common knowledge. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I mean, we get into the vaccine side of things. Let's see what else uh, has happened lately that we can say without getting a. Did you know? And this this I'll get into deeper when we do the, when we do the Fauci book. But did you know that the Moderna vaccine improves deaths by one hundred percent? Yeah. <laughs> did you know that? Yeah. Because yeah. one person died in the in the um, trial group, and two people died in the control group. Of 62 people. Yeah. That's the fucking data that we're looking at to say that it's 100% improves death. Yeah. I don't know. People are still getting the fourth and fifth boosters, so they got to use up that inventory. <laughs> and there's some people are just want to be the lab rats. So I don't know. It's uh, that's a subject that's just really touchy. It is a little touchy. Um, is there anything else on here? I don't know, man. It's just, uh, what, there's so many things that have happened. I mean. Do you think Snowden's a patriot? I do. I agree. I do think he is. I think that any whistleblower that comes out um, and talks about things that the government's trying to keep from us, I think that that they're on the people's side. And I think yeah. that that is the true definition of a patriot. Yeah. The government's supposed to be working for the people. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, even a guy like, uh, what, Julian Assange. Yeah. You know, same thing. Yep. Uh, that's real journalism right there. Yeah. Um, but man, when somebody comes out and does that, you got to make a fucking example of them. Yeah. 
that's what they're doing. Well, how about this one? That's not even uh, not even hidden is the uh, the Trump indictment that's coming up. Oh yeah, he's gonna get arrested on Tuesday. You think so? That's what he thinks. He thinks it's it's such a technicality, and it's it's on um, it's with campaign funding. Yeah, it's basically what it surrounds. Yeah, and what I are they saying he did? I tried to find it and I couldn't find. It's, I literally only spent three minutes on it. So remember the the money they sent to that uh, porn star? Apparently, it was involved with years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stormy so, Daniels or whatever her name is. So yeah, apparently, you know, they they just basically kind of cut her a check to just kind of say go away. It happened. It happened. It happened years and years ago. But it just keeps bringing up, and then you know, obviously, there's people on the other side paying her to say, hey, we want to get this story out. And then obviously you got to counter that with by paying her to say, "Hey, we'll just give you this. Just go away. We don't need to deal with it." So apparently there was a mistake that was made, and the funds were pulled not out of a separate checking account, but it came out of campaign funds. And somebody investigated and found that, "Ooh, this check leads back to it's mm. linked to campaign account that came from donations." So that is a quote legal no no. Yeah, I can see that. So technically it's a misdemeanor that they're pushing to be a felony trying to make it look like that, you know, he um, purposely did that. So it's a problem that his campaign probably did if the check was cut. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, he's not sitting there writing, he's not writing fucking checks. Yes, you're exactly right. But if you're the CEO, you're responsible for for who cut the checks. Yep. So, So that's what they're trying to push him on. I love that we're indicting him, right? We're indicting him on that problem, which clearly, I mean, that he's he was the quote-unquote CEO of that campaign, and, and somebody fucked up. Like, there's some responsibility that needs to be taken. Yeah. But we're not holding anyone accountable from the fucking Silicon Valley Bank that, <laughs> right. that was giving away money, had no risk analysis operation people for eight months. Yeah. But we're just going to let there. No, nobody's going to get in trouble there. Oh, what about all the security issues? Uh, and not even just issues. They're actual breaches by the Hunter Biden yeah. laptop. Yep. But what's happening now? Hunter yep. Biden's turning around and suing the, the uh, computer store owner for releasing that information. Oh, well, you know, so. But the that thi- was his policy. That was his policy. And he has it. He had it's the policy. policy. Yep. So they can't win that one. Yeah. So, but nothing's happening there. Yeah. But you're in. You're gonna indict Trump on a technicality. Yeah. So, and go figure. And then you get to the January six. You know that whole debacle, that whole conspiracy. Yeah. Now the videos are coming out of the that one dude. The one dude been, that's in jail for four years. Been in jail for four years. And he shows around. him shows him being completely <laughs> compliant. Oh yeah. Well, they're they were trying to unlock doors for him. Yeah. He was with a group of cops. Yeah. And then what happens at the end? He's like praying over all the police. This is on video. For you know, keeping them safe and you know, showing them around the capital. So yeah, it's how did that video not come out when he was being when he was on trial? Yeah, how the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's like a percentage of me that thinks that his representation was somewhat flawed, or whoever knew, or whoever knew. Well, so let's take the benefit of the doubt. There's a chance that that video was never found. Until recently. Pretty small chance. I have a feeling that if you were in charge of security there, you probably would have looked at all that video, right? Probably. 
But let's say there's a chance, let's say there's a 5% chance that that video was never put together the way that it was put together. We never, we never saw it in that sort of a whole format of this, you know, this person being extremely compliant and not confrontative at all, really. Yeah. Or there were people that, that saw all that and they kept it to themselves on purpose that's, I don't know. I, mean, I think that's a lot that more likely. Yeah. Which right there is another, that's an infallible human or multiple infallible humans. It's like the NSA and all this stuff that, you know, the prism, the prism stuff with, with um, Snowden. Yes, you're right. That is all supposed to just be metadata. None of that is supposed to be like, you would have to search for something. That's how that gets stored. It gets stored as metadata. There's not your, you know, your picture isn't just out there for somebody to, 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 you know, look, Oh, Hey, let's look up dick pics, right? It's not going to happen. But that metadata is tagged and it is searchable. So if you are looking for a text from somebody to another person, then you can find that. Right. Yeah. There are infallible humans that work for the NSA. And it has been proven that there were people that were looking at their ex-girlfriend's text messages or they were looking at pictures that their, their exes sent or their family member sent like this. These are just because there are rules in place. Rules are not concrete. Rules are literally just so that you have some back. You can go back and get someone in trouble for doing something. It doesn't stop people from doing something. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know what else. There's so many that's been going on. Yeah. Ukraine money. Yeah. The money spent in Ukraine. How much? You know how? What? what what's the total up to now? It's it's beyond me. I've I've stopped tracking it now. Because I don't even remember what it was, but so. Let's face it. It's it's going to be a massive amount of that that just went right, you know, fluidly into somebody else's pocket. Yeah, um, let me look at the latest data on Ukraine. I mean, it's it, Ukraine is a is a historically corrupt country, um, and if you think that a historically corrupt country all of a sudden is patriotic and every dollar that comes in is going to get spent on the 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 safety of its people, you're fucking insane. So when a country like the United States sends forty billion, fifty billion, a hundred million, two hundred million. Uh, 2022 alone was 112 billion. So 112 billion. And guys, I know that I've said this before, but just take two seconds and just think about this. Okay. Take two seconds and just think about this. All right. One million. We can kind of understand a million. We, we know a million dollars. A million seconds is the equivalent to almost 12 days. Okay, so think a million dollars, 12 days. A billion seconds is 32 years. So take your million dollars that you can think of. We can kind of get a grasp on a million dollars because a lot of us, you know, you look at your retirement, you'd like it to be up, you know, a million, two million when you retire. Like we can we can wrap our hands around the idea of of a million dollars. That's 11 days. Now. A billion dollars is 32 fucking years. And we have sent $120 billion. So 120, 112. 
112? Sorry. 112 billion. 112 times 32. Wait, I did 120. God damn it. All right. Approximately 30,000 or approximately 3,000 days worth of money compared to 11, 11 days. Right? That's the massive amount of money that we've sent over there. If you think that's actually getting invested into the safety of the Ukrainian people, you're fucking high. Yeah. Because where do you spend that money? Let's be realistic. Where are you spending that money as a Ukrainian government? Yeah. And it's, we've already committed. So Sleepy Joe has committed nearly $80 billion this year alone into Ukraine. So it's almost $200 billion in two years. Never let a good crisis go to waste, right? Yeah, that's your tax dollars, man. <laughs> Fuck. All right, that's a dis- just a fucking depressing rap. I think. You good? You got anything else to say? You want to depress the people anymore? Uh, I won't tell you the rest of the numbers. So okay, that's probably good. <laughs> Pay your taxes. Peace. Peace.